I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. What he said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this, dog. Let's go, man. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM channel 145 Slam Radio. As always, it's your boy DC coming off another victory this past Saturday. We got the Dirty Bird up in Chicago tonight. Gonna, <laughs> gonna try to do this thing remotely from uh, from here in Broward and then Bird up in Chicago. Bird, what's good? Yeah, man, we, we live in a technology world, man. So uh, hopefully you guys don't hear too many airport announcements going off. I'll try to mute through them. But uh, yeah, man, just happy to be here and happy to be coming off our third straight win. Bro, third straight win. And, you know, and if you look at it, should it be more like a five straight win? You know, again, you go back to the Virginia game. You go back to... Um, the North Carolina game really should have probably won both of those games. But at the end of the day, you didn't win. Now you're three in a row. Looking forward to four in a row. Becoming bowl eligible this week against FSU. So a lot to Absolutely. talk about. You know, get into it. Let's get, let's, get, let's get right into the Georgia Tech recap. Obviously, you know, we came out on fire. We went up 14-0, and then we were moving the ball, fumble, you know, <laughs> stack the box on third down. They broke like a big run. and Yeah. We go back down and fumble. <laughs> they come back and score, and then we come fumble. back and fumble. Like, bro, like, don't forget that Tay pick in the uh, in there too, man. Which was uh, which was the wide receiver you best catch of the week this week, bro. It's definitely uh, unreal. That was definitely a moss. You know that that dude oh. got mossed. But but here's the thing, right? So you see the progression of offense, and this is where I want to try to go with this because obviously. The first couple games, we're, we were inept. You look at Alabama, couldn't move the ball. But it's Alabama, right? You, you couldn't move the ball against Alabama. Then you come back against App State. You still couldn't move the ball against App State. Like that, that was like the frustrating part. Then all of a sudden, you play a Michigan State team. You really move the ball the first couple drives. And, again, we can, we can beat a dead horse as much as we want. Um, but, but, again, like our offense was just stagnant. You can't even count the Central Connecticut State game because, again, like, you know, you and I could have suited up and I probably could have threw for four <laughs> and ran for three touchdowns, right? Um, nope. You know, but then again, you get into ACC play, the Virginia game, your offense still really didn't look well, you know? And then, you know, you see the the Carolina game. You see the first half of the Carolina game. You're like, oh, my gosh, another oh, woe is me. It's going to be just a pitiful outcome. And yeah. then the second half changes. And you start seeing some life in the offense. But then, again, you follow that up. You know, you look at the pick game. You know, you look at the Georgia Tech game. The offense is literally clicking. And if it wasn't for those three fumbles, it wasn't for some some drops, man, TVD probably goes for 450, 460. Ramble probably goes for 250. Like, yeah. man, this is, this is what Miami football is supposed to be about. Yeah, 100%, man. And, you know, I would actually argue that really from the second half of the Virginia game, we turned it on. Granted, you struggled a little bit in the first half of the North Carolina game, right? Made a couple, couple mistakes, had a couple, you know, had a couple missed tackles, and yeah, you know, that led to big plays and whatnot in that first half of that UNC game, man. But you know, you really should be running five in a row. You should be undefeated in the in ACC play right now, um, you know. But we're not. But 
you know, I mean, I've, I've been really just impressed with, you know, the way that all these youngsters are stepping up and, and, and coming in and, and seizing the opportunity. Right. right. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, they've, they've all kind of accomplished what nobody thought was possible. I mean, you look at the, you know, court of public opinion, you know, and we were, Oh, we're going to be lucky to win three. We're going to be lucky to go to a bowl, you know? So the tides have definitely changed, man. It's been great to be a part of the past three weeks. And now we get to go up to our rival and uh, Talatrashi and, and uh, go up there and, uh, you know, and hopefully really, you know, have the first game where we really bury somebody. I mean, that's what I'm looking for this week. I they think it's going to be close, but I want to. Yeah, <laughs> but they can't continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. I mean, especially with the, you know, you look at their royal fumble again. It's it's one of those things where it gets punched out from behind him. Again, he's young; he's got to learn how yeah. to protect the ball. Uh, the Rambo one, I think he tried to do too much, which is fine. I mean, obviously you're you're the leader on offense as far as from the wide receiver perspective, so you're trying to make something happen. I don't have a problem with that. The Jalen Knighton one, it just kind of popped up, you know, and, you know, went to the Georgia Tech defender's arms and he, and he took it to the house. But, yeah. you know, you finally got a gunslinger back there, which I haven't seen at Miami. You know, people Ooh. probably – listen, and don't compare Brad Kaya to, to TVD. At no. least TVD is not afraid to scramble, to, to tuck it and run when he has an opportunity. Brad was like a walking statue back there. <laughs> you know, and that, not and, and not disrespecting him, but like, you yeah. know, you really wanted to implement an RPO system when Brad Kaya was our quarterback, when you knew good and well, he wasn't going to pull it. He wasn't going to go on the outside. And, um, but Tyler just looks like a different quarterback. You know, again, I'm looking from a, from an arm strength perspective, you know, um, last time I seen an arm strength like this was probably Stephen Morris. Stephen Morris is probably the last quarterback who had a phenomenal arm, right? But he had a cannon. Um, for but he sure. also had – but listen, he had good weapons too. You had Alan Hearns. You had Herb Waters. You had Philip Dorsett. Mm-hmm. You know, you had – we had Clyde Wolford. You know, you had you had weapons. You had Duke Johnson. Like, you Ooh. had weapons on that team. But now you look at this team, and, and I can say that it's very comparable because, you know, I would probably say Alan Hearns was probably wide receiver one at that point when uh, when Steven was quarterback. I mean, you have Rashawn Scott. I mean, obviously he was hurt from time to time. But Not you look at Rambo, right? You know, yeah, Rambo is wide receiver one. Um, Jalen Knighton, I think he could turn out to be a lot better than Duke. I mean, I hate to say that, but man, yeah. you see the you see the home run hitting ability and as an every down back. And this is where Miami's got to be careful though, because at the end of the day, you only have two other running backs with Cody Brown and Thad Franklin. You gotta mm-hmm. protect Jalen Knighton at all costs. Now, you and I had talked the other day. This is where I feel like maybe you throw like a Bouchard Smith in there to spell because he's just like a Jalen Knighton. You can use him, you know, different ways. Um, but the offense itself with Tyler back there, and he's a very smart quarterback. When you watch him throw the ball, and we've said this numerous times already, he always seems to put the ball where only his guy will get it or it's going to go out of bounds. He's not making the errant throw. Um, yeah. You know, again, he, he made that one bad throw against Carolina, you know, at the end of the game. Um, but you haven't seen that. I think in his last three games, he has 10 touchdowns and one interception. So like that speaks volumes for what this kid is doing. Yeah. Um, the offense itself, again, going up to Tallahassee, like looking at their secondary, like if you don't throw the ball 40, 50 times and just eat them up, then there's something wrong with you. Cause I do think they have a decent front end, you know, as far as the front four, uh, Jermaine Johnson, I think is a strong defensive end. Because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what side he's going to play on. I'm not sure if he's going to come off the left or the right. I feel like wherever he feels like he has the best opportunity 
to cause havoc, whether it be Zion or whether it be Jared Williams. I think that's the side he's going to go. But yeah. again, going back to Georgia's tech game, because I'm sorry, I want to get off track there. Um, the defense is actually starting to play ball. They're starting to get, they're starting to gel a little bit more together. Like as much as people wanted, wanted to knock Zach McLeod for him going to the defensive end, like bro, <laughs> four and a half sacks, multiple tackles for loss. Lily is probably one of the best defensive linemen we have right now. Um, you know, playing at the University of Miami. So, yeah. I, you know, I, again, we've been saying it f- from rip. Like, this is going to be a go-to year. I said he might have seven and a half sacks at the end of the season. I think maybe I said eight. I think I said eight. Yeah. Um, so, at the end of the day, he's halfway there. So, you never know. 100%, man. I mean, look, you know, and, and I mean, you know, he provides toughness and leadership out there, too. You know, uh, he got his, got his knee rolled up on in the game, you know, and it looked bad, man. I mean, they had to pull him off there. He went in, you know, took a look at it. Everything was structurally okay. Went in on the bike, uh, you know, rolled it out a little bit, and then uh, it was good to go and finished out the game, man. So that was definitely good to see. But, you know, I want to touch on something you said, too. I mean, you, you mentioned the fumbles, right? And, you know, here's the thing, man. Everybody's been screaming for the young guys, right? You know, and, and look, I mean, you know, everybody – we've been right, man. I mean, the young guys have been out there and they've been playing. But, you know, if you guys think that young guys are going to come out here and they're not going to make a mistake or two or they're not going to, you know, cover up the ball when they should in a run, you're mistaken, man. I mean, that's, that's part of – playing the young guys is you got to realize that they're going to make a couple of mistakes. Right. And they're going to learn from it. Right. Right. But that's what you can hope for. You can hope that they can learn from the mistakes and not right. make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Like Georgia tech, I thought, you know, played us pretty well. You know, everybody I think is going to be up to play the university of Miami. I don't care who you are. It's just, it's just that, that stigma that comes about playing at the University of Miami. You're going to get everybody's best, you know, game whenever you play them. So, but you handle business. Again, the score isn't an indicative of, I think, how well you played. You take those three turnovers away, like you, even if you get nine points out of that, right? So now you're looking at a, a 42-point game, and then maybe they don't score on, you know, one's a, one was a pick six. So you take, that's a 23. So you literally win by, you know, you know, 21 points, give or take. So as close as the game was, I don't think the game was as close as the, the, the score showed because Miami literally dominated that game up and down the field. Yeah. Well, you won a game despite mistakes, which is something you always really have to be proud of, man, because, you know, early in the season, we would have crumbled with, with some of those fumbles and, you know, the way that it started to go, but, you know, you overcame it. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, Tyler's got the best arm that we've seen here probably since Stephen Moore. <laughs> And, you know, the intelligence that he plays with and really just the poise and how, how cool and how calm and collected he is back there. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't get rattled. Right. Um, you know, and he's, he's making the plays, man. He's, he's, you know, he's just a guy that's got a lot of confidence, you know, and just really pretty much a mild mannered kid who's uh, who's out there balling right now. So it's uh, it's good to see. You know, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's won uh, ACC Rookie of the Week three weeks in a row now, or something yeah. like that. Like, and then Rambo's won multiple awards for ACC like wide receiver. They have yeah. a great chemistry, but but not only do they have a great uh, sorry a great chemistry, you can see the other guys that are getting involved. You know, obviously Mike Harley's going to get his. Um, it's nice to see Keyshawn. Keyshawn's actually catching the ball well, fighting for yardage. You know, the one uh, that, that led touchdown he had where he broke Ooh. like three or four tackles to get into the end zone, that was that all determination. Effort. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, was determination. Like, he definitely wanted to get into the end zone. And and you can see that, right? I, I feel like as much as we were talking earlier in the season about how big and how many guys we had in the wide receiver room, 
again, I feel like this is just me personally. Obviously, we just had a couple of guys hit the portal, right? Obviously, we knew Pope and Wiggins. They hit, you know, a little while ago. And then we have Bradley Jennings and Gervin Hall. Like, they decided that they wanted to, you know, go to the portal. But now it's where I'm going to see the Dows and Worshams. And unfortunately, I don't want to say this name, but I think Michael Redding. Um, I think he's going to hit the portal. Um, you know, we lost Jeremiah Payton, you know, you know, before season or whatever it was. So, you know, you went from like 11 or 12 guys in the wide receiver room. Now you're down to seven. You know, you mm-hmm. lose Pope and Wiggins. You know, Peyton's gone. And then potentially, you know, a Redding and a Worsham. Because I don't see them playing. I, I just yeah. – I don't. Well, I can I, I think there's a difference between Redding and Worsham. I think Redding's hurt right now. Uh, I think he had season-ending surgery. Uh, I definitely think, I agree he's a candidate to go in the portal. Uh, I don't think Worsham will ever, will ever see the field here. He's just – you know, I mean – when you look at physically, he's just not big enough to to stand up to um, ACC play unless he can fly, which I don't think he can. You know, just a it's a tall, lanky kid, man. I just you know, I agree. I don't think he's ever going to see the field. You know, but Redding, you know, I think Redding started out the season on the depth chart. I mean, I think he's got the potential to play uh, if he if he sticks it out. And I mean, hopefully he sees you know that wide receiver room is thinning out some. I think we've got one committed player, and you know, we'll probably you know supplement with the transfer portal. But I, I'd like to see Redding stay. But as as much as you like to say that we have like one guy committed, like your wide receiver room is stacked for the next couple of years. <laughs> like you you really don't to me, you don't really need a wide receiver, maybe one or two in this class, because mm-hmm. you have guys that are gonna be there for multiple years. You know, um Will Mallory just came out and said he's returning next season, which is great. That just sure. gives you a little bit more leadership. Uh and again, this is where I want to see true competition now, because if you go into spring ball. With Arroyo and Mallory, obviously you and I already see the difference. Physicality, uh, ball-catching ability, route running. I think Arroyo is the real deal. But what happens if Arroyo you know, surpasses Mallory and takes yeah. tight end one? At least you have somebody with a competent backup and Will's Mallory. A, yeah, Will's another guy who's rebounded this year off of his first half. His first half was, was dismal, Brutal. both from a – blocking and a catching perspective right but he's making plays the last three weeks right you know i think uh i think he's i think he he's liking playing with van dyke uh i think they've got a little bit of chemistry between them and you know the the impressive thing is he's actually been holding some blocks out there too which you know which is i think his blocking was worse than his catching the beginning of the year so seeing him hold some blocks is good look i welcome him back but i do think that him coming back, I think he's probably going to be tied in two next year if I was yeah. a betting person because, like, just Arroyo is just way too talented to keep off the field, man. That guy's a monster, and I think he's going to be a uh, superstar here. I mean, obviously, you know, we're known as – as much as people wanted to, like, kind of just to have discrepancies, like, Miami is tied in you. Like, there, yeah. there's, there's no other school out there that produces the tight ends that Miami produces um, in college and, you know, once you get into the league. I mean, obviously, they're just – it's just stamped, you know, it's stamped. And again, not just tied in you. I mean, as much as, so here's my thing, right? <laughs> now that we're talking about this, how in the hell does Penn State claim to be linebacker you? <laughs> can, can you name five linebackers that have done anything? Well, let me, from Penn right, State? So let, me let me try this. So I know obviously LeVar Arrington, okay. right? he's probably the, the most famous of them. Okay. Uh, Michael Parsons, right? Okay. Recent. Um, after that, I'm, I'm kind of drawing. <laughs> okay, so you can name two. Yeah. Let's look at let's look at Miami, right? You oh. look at. I mean, just, I just want to name them. Like, so you can go with Ray because I think Ray's probably one of the best 
middle linebackers to ever play the game in the NFL. And I'm talking about what these guys have done in the pros, not in college, right? Even so, John Beeson, Rocky McIntosh, Dan Morgan, um, Darren Smith, Denzel, um, uh, uh, Jesse Armstead with the Giants. Like, bro, like, like you can name, you can probably ramble off 10 guys that are played linebacker that have balled in the league. Yeah, at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah, and then so how is Penn State linebacker you? I just I just don't get that. I think a lot of these schools they cling to the you know the Weatherhead era, right? And you know the 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 fifties, the sixties, the seventies, and all that. And you know to me the game has changed so much. It's you you got to look at modern times when you do this, right? So it's pretty much probably the seventies on I'd say is modern times for. But I'd have to go back in the seventies to see who Penn State was pushing on a linebacker. Yeah, because I think Jack I Lambert, who played for the Steelers, was also a Penn State guy, right? Okay, Hall of Fame guy. Okay, still, one guy, one yeah. guy, one guy. You know, and again, you know, he played we're in digging. Steel City. I mean, we're digging, just, we're digging, we're digging for gold. <laughs> um, anyway, we're getting ready to come up on a break here on the Ken Gang Radio Show. As always, give a shout out real quick. We'll do it now before we get too far along. We'll shout out for the Amigo. Shout out to to Larry over there. Uh, shout out to the Kane Boys, La Familia, everybody that holds it down over there in the West. Um, we'll be right back here on the Kang Gang Radio Show. It's your boy DC with Bird up there in Chicago. We'll be right back. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tunga Bailoa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuela Pola too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family.
Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi queen. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We're back, we're back, we're back. There's there's a lot to talk about. And just, sometimes we just kind of start going all over the place, but that's good. I mean, that's why I like having unscripted type of shows where I don't have a format that we have to follow. I, I mean, granted, we do write things down, but one one piece of information can literally take our show completely left or completely right you know I mean? we are completely unscripted man just so the listeners know man i mean it's more it's more you know you or i text each other hey you want to record tonight right like yeah. what time we get on there and i mean we haven't really you know we haven't really talked about too much on it sometimes we'll have a guest if we have a guest we yeah. prepare but well uh, you know it, it's fsu week and I, and I was trying to i try to <laughs> i hit up some people um i did get some responses back timing wise wasn't wasn't able to work with a couple of people but you know, listen, it is what it is. I, I enjoy when we have guests on because I think guests bring a different dynamic to the show. Um, it, it's good to get another, like a different perspective um, from what you and I are, are, are. And lately, you know, you and I have been completely like off kilter. Like we're not agreeing <laughs> on the same things. We're not picking the same games the same way, which is good though. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to boast or anything like that, but I think I spanked that. I spanked you, it this week. You absolutely did, man. I picked every upset. I think I picked Florida State. They lost. I think I picked uh, Wake Forest. They lost. Uh, I picked Auburn. They lost. Um, yeah, man. I, yeah, I, I, I took Crap it on the, the chin bed, this huh? week. Crap the bed. But, hey, I did pick Miami to one, and they won. And you know what? That's all that matters. That's right. <laughs> and, and that's all. So let me, let me tell you what happened. So we're at the game on Saturday. So, obviously, we have – club access, blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously we sit in the, in the field club suites. And so we decided to go see Derek up in uh, Dolphin Derek up in the uh, club level. So when we leave, when we go out of our area, we have to get escorted because we're underneath the tunnel. So players are walking by, blah, blah, blah. So we have to get escorted, you know, to get to the elevators and stuff. So they take us all the way through and they, they lead us out and then kind of drop us out right there at the 72 club. So we take the elevators up to the club level, blah, blah, blah. And then it's always, okay, when you're ready to come back down, you come down the same way, you walk through here, blah, blah, blah. Then you find one of the ambassadors or one of the people in the blue jackets, and then they'll escort us back to our seats. So we go up and, you know, we walk around. We see some other players, you know, former players. We're, we're talking with them. And, you know, we go see Derek. And, you know, so it's time to kind of head back down. And I'm like, all right, so we go back. And um, we get on the elevator. We go down the lobby. And then – I, we start to walk through the door and the guy saying, is like, where are you going? Well, I mean, we have the, like the little wristbands on, obviously it's not the 72 club wristbands, but it says like, you know, Westfield club. Um, and I'm like, we're going to go back to our seats. We have to get an escort. The guy's like, well, you got to go find one. I said, why is that my responsibility? I'm like, you got the radio. I'm like, you can't call and say, <laughs> you know, Hey, I need an escort. You know, I, I need a, an ambassador to escort, you know, patrons back to their seats. Well, so the dude's giving me an attitude, right? Like, and, and I'm the worst when it comes to that stuff, bro. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, so yeah. I'm asking a guy, I said, why are you giving me an attitude? Why are you making things so difficult? He's like, I'm doing my job. I said, so you're doing your job by telling me I can't come through here when they literally just walk me through here to get to the elevator. 
and they told me to come back the same way. This is what we do every single week. He's like, well, you got to go find somebody. I said, again, you have the radio. Why is it my job to walk around and try to find somebody? And uh, so the, at this time, like I, I saw a couple like Miami Day PDs. They were just kind of looking, kind of seeing what was going on. I, I mean, I might have raised my voice a little bit. You know what I mean? Just but like, a little bit. But I wanted to get back to my seat. I wanted to go yeah. watch the game. Right, halftime uh, kickoff had just you know just had just kickoff in the second half. I wanted to get to my seat, and, right. and this guy's just being a jerk. And so one of the guys that I know, he walked over. And he's like, Derek, what's up? I'm like, like, buddy right here is being a jerk. Like, I'm, I'm literally saying this. And I'm like, he's telling me it's my responsibility to go, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so he's like, he looked at the guy goes, I got that, man. It, it, you know, and I was just, so I was kind of aggravated. You know what I mean? Uh, dude, that happened. Yeah. So then I get an email on Sunday. Thank you for, you know, Joining us for the game. Would you like to have a survey? Oh, the survey. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get those. Yep. I, bro, I didn't even fill it out because I didn't want to go there. But like, <laughs> but but honestly, like, what what is what is the big deal? I, I don't understand these. I don't understand these ushers or these like people who. I, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you're probably sitting there making ten dollars an hour. Like, what does it matter to you if I walk through there to go to my seats? You yeah. know what I mean? Well, you know, I think it comes down to we're a college team that plays in a professional stadium and they want to treat us like the pro fans. And that's just how it is at Dolphins games, you know, and that like the entire fan experience, man, is is they try to make it like an NFL experience. Right. And, you know, I think one thing they need to do is they need to make it more of a college experience. Right. And, you know, it's just not just not that way here, man. (laughs) You know, they need to go back to and you're right. So we are at a uh, sorry. We are at a college, you know, a college team playing in a pro stadium. Again, like when we were at the OB, it was first come, first serve in the end zone. Like mm-hmm. people used to line up for hours waiting for that gate to open, and then you would rush in there, get your seat. But that was what was fun about going to the OB. Like ever since we went to Hard Rock, Joe Robbie, Sun Life, pro player, I mean, I don't even know how many names there are, like preceding the Joe Robbie thing. Yeah. Um it's, just, it's, it's corporate, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's a corporate feeling. You know, the environment can get like, when it gets loud in there, it gets loud in there. You know, um, I thought Saturday, it, was loud Saturday. Game, it got loud. I it wanted did. to say that, especially at the end of the game. So, so here, let me ask you, here's a critical thing that, that bothers me as far as going back to the actual the game and, and development. Let's look at our DBs. Our DBs have gotten better. And I talk about James Williams, Cam Kitchens, Avante Williams, Tyreek Stevenson. Tyreek was already a, a stud before he even came here. What Mark happened Squirt. to uh, – man, that's – bro, him and Dunson, I, I'm not sure. I'm talking about <laughs> DJ Ivy. Like, bro, and I, again, like, I, you know me. I don't ever want to sound like I'm bashing a player. But he always looks like he has no idea what he's doing out there. Every single time. Yeah, man, I don't want to bash the kid either, man. But when you when you look at it, and as long as he's been here, and as many as many reps as he's out on on the field, man, you know, there's there's younger guys who are in the right place, and he's in the wrong place. And uh, I don't know what it is, man. I just I never remember this guy making tackles. Like I always just see him getting bulldozed through uh, through tackles every single time, man. It's tough, well, man. Let's look at let's look at the Jeff Sims play, 
if his if he doesn't if the ball wasn't snapped low and he oh. doesn't go down and grab it on his knee, like that's a forty yard gain right off the rip. Yeah, we could be we could be having a completely different discussion because of that if uh, if if Sims didn't go down. Like facts. Yeah. Like, like who knows? They could go down there and throw one more pass and be a touchdown. And next thing you know, we lose 37-33. Yep. But is so here's my point. This is where I'm trying to go with that. Everybody wants to bash Mike Rump because of the defense. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not being on the defense right now. That's yep. DVD and T Rob. How come Mike doesn't get the same? How come these guys aren't getting the same bashing that Mike got? And again. I, I preface that by saying, and I've said this before, you're only as good as your players. You can only you can only coach to a certain extent yeah. before your players have to take some type of accountability and take responsibility for what's going out on the field. Yeah. No, I mean, look, we've we've brought this up a couple couple times on the show, man. You know, I mean. Um, everybody wanted to rip on him, you know, because of recruiting and on-field stuff. But you know, the same things are 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 going down now, right? I mean, you know, yeah, you've got three DBs uh, committed, right? But I mean, the, your on-field performance—it's probably. Uh, I mean, one, one could argue it was better under Rump. Than yeah, it was just with the, with the, the the cornerbacks, right? Keeping the safeties out of the equation. I just so. I don't know what's going to happen, like. He should be another one that is potentially looking at. Speaking of the transfer portal, <laughs> you see Jaron Williams hit the portal again? No, I didn't. Bro. Man. Jaron Williams is back in the portal. Um, and, and this is where <laughs> you start to look at things. Um, I, I want to say who who tweeted that out. Uh, Will Turner. Just learned per source that USF quarterback Jaron Williams has officially entered the NCAA transfer portal. Reported ahead of the Temple game that he had left the team. Yeah. So here's the thing to me, man, with this this whole transfer portal thing. It, I I can't stand guys leaving in the middle of the year. Even if you're getting a bad deal, like just stick the year out. And if you look at it at the end of the year and it ain't right for you, go ahead and hit the portal, man. You know. I think I think when you go and you get in in the middle of the season, you somewhat become forgotten by the time it, it you know because there's newer, flashier, you know, people in the portal, right? Where, you know, nobody's really recruiting out of the portal right now. So, you know, why not? Why not just wait? Wait till you know the, the day after the last game of the year and say, "Hey, I'm not where I want to be. Uh, this USF thing didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out, and I'm going to hit the portal and find a new opportunity for myself." Did you happen to see the article about Mark Pope? Did not. Okay. Since we're here. Let me read you something about what's going on with, with, with Mark Pope. With noodles? With noodles. <laughs> so it's, it's titled, It's a Story of Unlimited Potential. High mm-hmm. Hopes, a hometown, a hometown star. Since we have a few minutes, I just want to figure out, throw this out to you. It was supposed to be easy for wide receiver Mark Pope after starring at Miami Southridge High School and earning the elite five-star status in the class of 2018, he could have signed pretty much anywhere in the nation, including Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. But he wanted to stay home and help build something with then-coach Mark Rick, who was coming off a 10-3 and season. As it turns out, Post's path thus far in college has mirrored Miami's inconsistency in his 7-6, and 6-7, and 8-3 and and seasons at the last three years at Miami. And after his own struggles that he started last year, Pope was regulated to backup this year, and out of desperation, even took some cornerback reps in practice. 
It didn't work out, and Pope entered the transfer portal. Just as UM's other five-star signing in his class, Lorenzo Lingard, had done two years earlier. Um, I feel like from high school up till now, it was good, but I felt like I have to get out of Miami to see that five-star side again, Pope told Cranesport. I need to go out of town. I feel it wasn't me in Miami, to be honest. That's one reason I left, because I felt, felt it wasn't me. I felt like it wasn't my fault why I wasn't playing. So I just feel like getting away, that would be a good step for me. One of the biggest fears is just being alone being far away from home, but I also can probably focus better that way. You never know what the outcome might be along the way. Pope says when he departed, it was essentially a mutual decision. He says there was no pushback from Kane coaches asking him to stay. It was, you know, the best for you to do what you've got to do, said Pope, who also contemplated transferring in the spring. I did what I had to do. That's what it was. Let me finish, right? <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> um Pope had one catch in 2018 as a freshman playing off the bench in nine games. As a sophomore, he made one star, caught 18 passes for 266 and two TDs. And then came his big chance, his junior year in 2020 under new coordinator Rhett Lashley and wide receiver coach Rob Likens. But despite starting 10 games, he struggled with drops and simply making plays. And all he had, 33 catches and 400 yards and two scores. The former high school five-star, big-time, game-breaking talent, had a long reception of just 39 yards. Then this year, he was passed on the depth chart by Keyshawn Smith and transfer Charleston Rambo. Pope saw the writing on the wall and made the decision to transfer. I can't even tell you why I did not play this year, why I did not get a snap at, the, at Miami this year. I really don't know, said Pope, who remains enrolled and on track to graduate before enrolling somewhere else. I mean, I'm past that. I'm ready to find a new home and, and get back, uh, and, and get back uh, on my journey. Pope entered the portal yesterday and has already spoken with Indiana and Jackson State coaches, and that's interest from Virginia and Pittsburgh as, as well. So, yes, there's a chance Pope could be playing against the Canes in a year. I have a lot of teams following me too, Pope said, a lot of schools showing interest. Looking back, the deck was stacked against Pope from the start. He had three different receiver coaches, three coordinators at his time at UM. His wide receiver coach were Ron Dugans, Taylor Stubblefield, and then Likings. And then team's coordinator was Mark Rick in 18, Danny Enos in 19, and then Lashley. Not so much continuity for a guy who struggled to pick up the new system in the first place. So let me before I get any further, What's your take on what's your take on this? So so listening to that, right? I mean, you know, it's uh it's obviously a you know an overview of the entire time that he was here. But what I go back to is his problem wasn't, you know, getting the ball thrown to him. It was catching it, man. I mean, how many times did he drop the ball when it was caught to him or when it was thrown to him? So I mean, you can blame coaching as much as you want on that, but it all comes down to look, the opportunities that you got to make a play, you didn't make a play, you know, and you know, to me, if you don't make a play, you don't play in the game. <laughs> well, and that's the hard part, right? Because, again, you want to see these guys succeed. You, you, <laughs> but he goes on to say that he was always on thin ice. You know, just never – he goes, uh, I was on thin ice every time. Like, if I get in the game and mess up, I drop a ball, you're getting out. It's not – you drop the ball, it's all right, get back in there. So I was on thin ice playing for Miami. Instead of just going out and playing football, I was in my head a lot. I feel like everything wasn't the fault of Miami. I made a few errors out there too. A few. <laughs> you made quite a few. Um, quite a few. But as far yeah. as me playing, I felt I was on thin eyes. I wasn't comfortable out there. I can <laughs> tell I was in my head and other people saw that as well. Pope and fellow wide receiver D. Wiggins, along with safety Gervin Hall, the latest members of the 23 strong class of 18 to defect from Miami. There are supposed to be fourth-year players at UM right now, the backbone of the program. You want to know how many of those 23 signings are currently in first or second team roles? Six, Will Mallory, Nesta, Scaife, Ivy, Gill, and Jordan Miller. 
So three current mm-hmm. starters from that came from that class. And the failures in recruiting that year are reasons so many younger players have seen the field. Um, and yep. it's crazy to think about that. You know, um, 11 of the 23 wound up transferring to another program. As a business, Pope said, I felt like for me, my time was up at Miami. Now, as Pope seeks his new college home, there remain so many what ifs. What if he had gone to Alabama or Georgia or LSU? What if he didn't have three different receiver coaches and three different coordinators? What if, what if, what if? That would have came a lot, Pope said, but I can't think about that all the time. I know I can compete with anybody, anywhere. I just feel like I had trouble with the playbook, not feeling comfortable, not feeling like myself. Now it's on to the next chapter. Pope says his lingering memory of Miami will be it's a great school, great program. That's the way he hopes his story ends. So when I hear about that and I think about that, he definitely he definitely got some validity to that. Because I go back to Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright had four different coordinators in his four years playing at Miami as well. So I think that the continuity and the chemistry can really have a problem. Anyway, we're going to be right back. We're going to break. It's Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. 
reduced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. So right before we went to break, we were talking about the Mark Pope situation and you haven't really heard anything. You have really haven't heard anything about D Wiggins and like where they're going to go or, but I just, I'm not a proponent of leaving mid season. I just, what does that do for you? Where are you going to go? Uh, and, yeah. and again, like Derek Smith, who was here, you know, and then went to Illinois. I think he's back in the portal. He's back like, too. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like just well, at, at some I point, think, if you're not playing, shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> I think the NCAA should have rules with the portal, excuse me, not rules, but windows that you can go in. And they're basically, it's open for a couple of weeks at the end of the year. Um, you know, maybe a couple of weeks after spring ball, a couple of weeks uh, after fall ball concludes. Right. And that's pretty much it. Like give these guys a couple of windows so that way they can think on their decisions and they can make sure they're making the right decisions and they're not acting out of haste, you know, because it's also, it's making, it's making it brutal managing rosters, um, you know, during the season on all programs. So something needs to happen with this portal. I mean, I'm all about these kids getting the opportunity to uh, to get a different role and a different chance if they feel like they're not getting a fair shake. But, uh, you know, we got to do something to, to kind of regulate all this madness that's going on with this portal. No, facts. I mean, at some point, you're literally having collegiate free agency. That's yeah. basically what it's boiling down to, right? Yeah. So – Coaches really aren't necessarily looking at, you know, signing 24, 25, 26 guys every year. They'll look at, okay, well, maybe we'll sign 16, 17, and we'll try to grab seven, eight, nine kids out of the portal who are maybe sophomores or juniors who already have experience and playing time, maybe just not happy where they are. And, you know, they'll take that route because it's probably going to be beneficial. I, I swear Miami up to this year, I think, was the king of the transfer portal. You know, you go back, you go back years, you know, you got the KJ Osborne's, you got the Jose Borgalises, you know, you got, now you got the Charleston Rambos, you know, 
you got Tate Martell's. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm just throwing names out, but yeah. you know, now, now everybody's doing it. Like, you look at Alabama, you get Henry Totoa and you get James Williamson, like Jameson Williams. Like, bro, crazy. Like, you, you got the best of the best, and, and you're already the best of the best. So, why do you need more of the best of the best? Yeah. So, who do you think? Let me, let me throw a question at you. And you're sure. always off the cuff. Who are our three best? Give me the three best players that we've got over the transfer portal since it's been active. KJ Osborne. Yep. <laughs> Jose Borgales and Charleston Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. Uh, Two receivers and, and, and a Lou Groza All American kicker. I got. I got one more missing though, Jalen Phillips. Okay. I would. I would. I would have to go Rambo number one for what he's doing right now. Right, he's. He's. He's Rambo's number one to me. I go Phillips number two, and I'd go Jose number three. I just think KJ brought so much more to the table. Obviously, leadership. Kid. Yeah, leadership. Yeah. You know, and again, no disrespect to Jalen, but Jalen was, hey, I'm gonna come in here, I'm gonna play one year, and I'm gonna bank. And you know, obviously, so here's the problem though with the draft, right? Like, obviously, you showed out and you balled out on your on your pro day. You kind of surpassed Greg as far as the quote unquote top defense end. To me, yeah, Greg lost a little bit of money, but he's in a whole different, completely better situation better in Buffalo yeah. than than Jalen is they in, love in him, at the Dolphins. They love hey, chances are he might get defensive rookie player of the year. It's I potential. Would, I would absolutely see that. Either him there. or or what's the uh, Diggs from Dallas? Oh. Like, Wait, Diggs is a Diggs is a rookie. Is he a rookie or is he a sophomore? Oh, like I don't a know. Second year player. I don't know. I was gonna say, but that kid is that kid is killing it for the Cowboys right now, man. But yeah, I, I mean. Phillips had a sack. I was actually I turned the Dolphin game on for a few it was minutes. A, it was day. a half sack. He, he there was with he was with other people. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Is that Trayvon Diggs? Yeah, Stephon Diggs', Diggs. His brother is playing for the Correct. Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, which is crazy, you know. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see when uh, you guys got like seven interceptions already or something. Crazy. It's crazy, right? Yes, it's definitely crazy. Let me see when. So, oh, tw- well, I guess he had the second year. So he's got 20 games. So he gets the second year. Second yeah. year in the league. But yeah, he's he's straight balling. He's a dog out there. And again, he was actually a receiver. And his brother's like, man, you need to go to the other side of the ball. I think yep. it was his brother that told him to flip to the other side. And, you know, the NFL is crazy, too. I mean, I know we're a big college and we talk a lot of college, but, you know, you look at what's going on, you know, in the NFL. You know, you look at that Von Miller move leaving Denver, going to the Rams. Like literally, the Rams is like screw screw the draft. I'm just gonna go ahead and try to get the best players now, which yeah. you can't knock them for it. Like Win now, what, baby. Win now. One hundred percent, right? Like at the end of the mm-hmm. day, you got to worry about trying to get there now because there's no guarantees you're getting to the Super Bowl. Like yeah. you might just stack your roster. Like you and obviously he was inactive last week, but you know you bring someone like Von Miller and put him on the outside, and you already got Aaron Donald in the middle. Like your defense is is pretty set. Yep. Absolutely, man. So, you know, you mentioned this 2018 class before. I want to jump back into that if it's cool. So I was just looking at this actual class, these, these 23 guys, and we could actually argue that all but one have underperformed versus their expectations of, of what they what they should have done, right? So I'll go down the list again just, just real quick as I roll down. I'm going to give, give me a name and I'll give you a grade. All right, Lorenzo Lingard. F, F plus. <laughs> Brevin Jordan. What he's done in college? Yeah, strictly strictly what he did here. Okay, D. D. Okay, I mean, he did get himself drafted. So I'd probably, I'd probably go with a C on him, but okay. Nesta. 
D. Pope. F. <laughs> Jaron Williams. F. F. <laughs> Blades. To be determined. To be determined. But as of right now, probably, probably a D. Yeah. I'd probably say like a C minus, but I'm okay. with you. Scafe. C. Okay. Hightower. F. I mean, transferred to, to, to Illinois. Cam Harris. B minus. C plus. Okay. okay. Gervin. D minus. <laughs> Gill. C. Okay. Will Mallory. C. Cleveland Reed. F. Ezard. Marquez Ezard. Another goner. F. <laughs> DJ Ivy. F. <laughs> D Wiggins. Another F. <laughs> John Campbell. To be determined. Because let me go back to this because I think Campbell is going to be a really good player if he can stay not once getting he gets, injured. Once he gets in there and gets settled in. Correct. All right. Greg Russo. B plus. B plus. Not even an A first round pick. Yeah, bro. He only had one year of tape. Okay. And again, and again, you benefited from having having Jonathan Garvin on the other side. Okay. Pat Joyner. F. <laughs> Jordan Miller. D. I'll go see on him, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Nigel Bethel. F. He's in Colorado. <laughs> Realis George. Another F. He's in Missouri. <laughs> here's 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 probably the, the the strongest grade of all. Bubba Baxa. That's like triple F. <laughs> triple F. <laughs> but they, so so that's the thing, man. When you look at this, you team, have like, no. Oh my God, you have that nobody. Should be, that should be your your engine. That should be who's who's rolling for you. Those guys should be fully developed, and you know, seventy percent of those guys should be starting and producing. And what is it? Six of them are on the depth chart right now. Scaife. Scaife. Under underperformed, right? All but, of them. But, I mean, Ivy's like backup. Yeah. Nesta, he starts because I think more of necessity than anything. Um, Blades is hurt. Yeah. And so, so with Nesta, though, like Nesta's kind of a different animal. And he strictly a bull rusher. He has yeah. no technique. Strictly bull rusher. Right. I mean, you know, but Nesta's, I think, a good, like, he really brings the right demeanor and attitude. He just never seems to make any plays. You know what I mean? Like he's he's always mad looking back there. He's angry. You know, I know he's you know he's he's trench brilliant him, but he just never makes a play. <laughs> yeah, when when he does make the one play a game, then he runs oh, thirty it's... yards down the field. <laughs> <laughs> like I like you've been there before, and I love Nesta. Yeah. I, I yeah. love everything about him. You know what I mean? I but do like, too. Just turn around and get back in the huddle. I wanted I wanted him to be Warren Sapp two so bad. It no way. What happened? So so let me ask you this. What's what's the what was the hoopla about getting a long snapper? I don't know. There was hoopla. There just, was. Well, what's his name? Gabe something. Gabe neighbors. No, Gabe. Uh, yeah, Gabe something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but like, why are we recruiting? Why are we giving out scholarship? I think mean, unless he's a preferred walk on. Bro, it's been like what, like five months since we've had a commitment, <laughs> and, and we're going crazy over a long snapper. <laughs> well. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go crazy. I mean, I think that's an important position. No, but, why? You know. Clay Clay still got another year, and then you got Mason. You got Mason Napper behind him. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just I saying. Mean, you always got to have somebody to, to snap the ball, man. You know. But again, you have Clay for another year. 
And then you got Mason Napper, who I All think right. is a redshirt freshman. I don't, well, I don't, I don't see the necessity of, of. Again, I hope it's not a scholarship. I hope it's preferred. Well, it's, it's a PWO. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, it's definitely so, a PWO. Like, bro, are we are if we're giving out scholarships for a long snapper, then we have issues. Unless he's like the best snapper in the nation, <laughs> you know, like like Bubba Baxter was the best kicker in the nation. <laughs> what was it? Four of eight from high school. <laughs> what about Fegels? What <laughs> and Fegels? Like, bro, like who, the, so, <laughs> who was worse, Fegels or, or Baxter? Man, that's oh, a toss-up. So I'm going to so go back to so. I'm going to go back to so. Because Fiegel's, more pressure. Fiegel's didn't really cost us any games. He cost us a field position. Baxter cost us games. Yeah. Him, Turner Davidson, Camden Price. Like, you know, Andy did miss a field goal, you know, the other day last, on Saturday as well. Yeah. But, like, but you see the upside. He's a freshman, right? Yeah. So you're going to have those, you know, he, he – so <laughs> – he clanked it. I asked him. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, little bro. Like, what happened out there? I call, I call him little bro. Like, little bro, what happened out there? Like, man, the wind took it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it, it was, it was kind of windy. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, obviously, he tried to account for it. Um, but the two, the two misses he has, you know, obviously against Georgia Tech and Virginia, they were clankers. Yep. I mean, hitting the goalpost. You know, so well, he missed one more. I think in the. I'm talking about those two though. Oh, you know, those, those two. Yeah, they, yeah, they hit the, they, they hit them. They... Clankers. Six inches, man. It would have been, would have been, would have been great. You know, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> would have been another win too. We'd be, we'd be, uh, in the, we'd be in the driver's seat of the coastal, or so we control our own destiny that, right now. So tomorrow night, UNC has to be pit. Oh yeah, I'm the I'm the be biggest pit. Carolina Blue fan ever. <laughs> well, I, mean, I am in basketball. I don't care what anybody says. They can get mad at me. <laughs> how do you how do you root for another school in basketball and not in football? Because Miami didn't have a basketball program for years. You dodos. So, like, know, know your facts. But if Miami and, and UNC, when they play in basketball, who do you root for? UNC. What? Man. That's it all tough. depends. It's not, so, but, again, like, when I, when I was following UNC, this was in the early – like, when I was playing ball in the early 90s, you know, you're going back to, like, the Stackhouses and Rasheed Wallaces and the Vinces and the Eric Montrosses and Eric Montross, you know, like George you know, Lynch. Jeff Smith. Like there was just like you know uh, Dante Calabria, like you know Ed Cotas. Like I was just Kevin Salvadori, bro. Those my, that's why I used to like ball with man. Like I used to love that team. You know, yeah. again, I, and I hated Duke. So any team that played against Duke, I was all for it. I mean, nice. now it's a little different because I mean, I actually. Um, I say this, you know, and wholeheartedly, kind of jokingly, but you know, I think Roy Williams was at the end of his tenure, like you know, just kind of like Coach L. Like at some point, you got to learn to step down. Um, but I like Herbert Davis as a coach there. I, you know, again, a guy who played there, who sat, learned, you know, and transitioned, and, and I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a good coach for Carolina. Obviously, Miami won last night. Um, I'm not sure who they played. I think they only won by ten. But Miami's got to come out and do better. Miami's got to play better. You know, Coach L's recruiting well. I'm going to give him that, man. I mean, we got some some really good players coming in, man. So that's uh that's good to see. Yeah, so. they just got a couple. They got a couple commitments uh, yesterday. We, we had a six a seven guard coming in yesterday. It's a four yeah. They guard. got a, they, they got a center as well. Yeah. So I mean, but again, it goes back to just like football, right? You can recruit all you want. Is how are you developing these players? You know, and that's right. why I go back. That's why I go back earlier when I was talking about the Mike Rump, T-Rob, DVD type thing, like how are we developing? Because, like, look, 
you got a whole year to, to what Marcus Clark and Isaiah Dunson. You know, another name I think that won't be here is like Jalen Harrell. I think a Jalen really? Harrell transfer. Yeah, I, I think he's going to transfer. I think Peyton Matoka transfers. Um, not that that's a big name, but I, I, can, I can see that. You know, um, obviously he's been in a couple games, but he's, I think, yet to throw a pass. But mm-hmm. if you're going to have a TVD and a Jake and then a Jacurry Brown coming in as well, I just think the writing's on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan Rizik's actually better than Peyton Matoka anyway. Well, that's why he's listed as on the top on the depth chart as the or. Who? Right? So Rizik. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's a and Rizik's walk-on. a walk on, right? Yeah. Or is, he, right. is he a scholarship guy now? Uh, to tough be determined. To I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't get into that. But, you know, here's the thing as well as Tyler's playing. I mean, look, he could go out there in the first series, take a and big hit hurt. and get hurt. And all of a sudden, you got Matoka or Rizik out there playing quarterback bro. for us. Bro. Bro. Like, yeah. can I just say that again? Bro. <laughs> that's, like, a, that's a scary thought. Bro. Right? I mean, it's bad enough you got a retro freshman, you know, as your starting quarterback. You got a true freshman, which potentially was your backup, who's hurt and probably gone for the year. And then you got a Peyton Matoka and a Ryan Rizik that are your backups. Like, that's when you literally just go into – so this guy, I go back to a couple years ago with Malik Rozier. Like, as bad as we were throwing the ball in certain games – Man, just run a run the wildcat. And just have DJ play play both spots because he played quarterback in high school. Let him just run the wildcat, either run it or throw it. Because like yeah. your offense was that bad that you could have just done that. If someone could do it, it's DJ Dallas, bro. Correct. What time's your uh, what time what time's your flight, bro? I got about thirty minutes until I got aboard. So well, listen, let's finish up this last segment. We'll we'll call it a night. We'll uh, we'll re-kick back up here, you know, uh, later on. What do you think? All right, we can do that. We can do that. Yeah. So everybody, listen. Birds in Chicago. I don't know why he. So peep this. So birds in Palm Beach. <laughs> he has to fly to Chicago in order to get to Raleigh. So sometimes I just don't understand the flights, man. Because like, why are you going to go five hundred miles out of the way to go back to another destination? Southwest guy, man. The, the price was you. right. The times were right. It just sucks because no, I gotta... no. I feel you. Like we're trying to go to Raleigh for the Duke game, and I, I, Southwest is probably the best looking flight. The problem is they don't leave till Friday night at like five thirty, as far as a nonstop mm. flight. So five thirty to seven thirty, like bro, you don't have like a six a.m. flight because I'll hop yeah. on that one quick, you know. Yeah. So anyway, like forty million. You got forty minutes to to Durham uh, from uh, Raleigh. Yeah. So anyway, listen, you guys listen to Kane Gang. We're getting ready to go to break. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back shortly. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the Playmaker Every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. 
Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuello. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Alright everybody, welcome back to the second hour here on the Kang Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM Channel 145, like we say every single week. Slam Radio. Bird had to do a quick little visit somewhere, don't know where he went, but listen, I'm bringing back the OG, my one-time, you know, co-host, the J-Man. J-Man, what's good, what's good? What's up, man? It's good to be back, always. I love yes. when you guys have me back. Man, listen, you know you have an open, open spot whenever you want to, you know, make time to hop on, and obviously... Um, I didn't want to just finish recording, you know, bird had to do some, uh, some, some work stuff. And yeah. I'm like, you know what, let me hit up Jay, see if he was, he's interested. And, uh, yeah. so I appreciate you taking some time to come on and Always. finish up this second hour, man. So uh, first and foremost, uh, happy one year anniversary, if I'm not mistaken, it's, yep. uh, it's about that time. So yep. happy anniversary and, uh, man, you. tell me what's going on about that. Um, yeah. So just, you know, wife and I, uh, we, we saw a chance and took it and, you know, just when, uh, went South. You know, drove to a, a little resort town down in the desert in southern Utah and, you know, just put our feet up for a few days, you know, a lot of hot tub, a lot of staying indoors, a lot of, you know, having a good time. So a lot of husband and wife time, put it that way. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, J-Man, what's, what's your take as far as, and again, you know, you and I are always kind of contrary when it comes to this uh, this topic. Mm-hmm. What have you seen over the last three weeks that you like about the Miami Hurricanes? Um, well, it's hard not to like the starting quarterback. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke has been incredible. He's been very good. So let me just preface this by saying, if you guys remember, not, not you guys, but like, you know, about a year ago, the whole Jake Garcia to the U and the hype train and Jake, Jake, Jake. Yeah. I literally stood firm and saying TVD was my guy. Yep. That's true. A hundred percent. And I, I have to say I'm surprised at how good Tyler is this early. Um, I mean, he certainly had the physical tools, right? I mean, he, he physically speaking, he grades out as a prototypical NFL QB. You know, right. he has the height, he has the size, he has the arm. Um, but, yeah, man, we – because I, I still think Jake can be 
great too. Like we we really have a loaded QB room, man. This is, I mean, you would know better than me. Have has our QB room ever been well? In the last 30 years, has it been this loaded? <laughs> you know, you go back to the early days with like the, yeah. like the Testaverdes and the Walsh and yeah. the Ericsons and the Genos. You know, shoot, even before that, you know, you go with the Kozars and the Kellys and the Mark yeah. Ricks. Like, you know, you have talent there. Yeah. But not, not as far as – I think TVD literally has kind of made a statement going into spring ball, I am legitimate QB1. Yeah. Right. And then now it comes into play. You know, you do have Jacory Brown coming in as far mm-hmm. as another recruit. So I was talking to Bird about this. I could potentially see people like a Peyton Matoka hitting the transfer portal because yeah. I don't see him getting any playing time. You know, Ryan Rizik, former walk on, I think he, listen, at the end of the day, hey, I'm getting a scholarship or I'm getting, you know, University yeah. of Miami education. You know, if, if I play, I play. If I don't, I don't. Um, but I think the next couple of games is still going to determine what happens going into spring ball. If TVD, I think, goes in and runs the rest of the table, right, wins the next three games, they're mm-hmm. on a six-game winning streak, I don't necessarily think they're going to make the ACC title game watching how, you know, Pitt's playing, and they still yeah. need some things to, to happen. Um, but, again, even if you don't make the ACC championship game, you go to a decent bowl game, you yeah. win that, you're on a seven-game win streak. Yeah. How do you go into spring ball and be like, you know, hey – um, yeah, we're gonna have a quarterback competition going in the spring. I don't think you can do that. Yeah, I I agree, especially just the way that he's doing it. It's not just that the team's winning, right? It's that Tyler Van Dyke is literally pulling our team up by its bootstraps and right. willing us to victory. Because, I mean, if so, look at our offense. It, it's pretty much Van Dyke, it's Rambo, and it's Knighton, and everybody else it looks like they're replaceable. I mean, right. It could be me and you and Bird and five other dudes from Twitter out there next to those three guys, and we're still going to get 400 yards of offense. Well, like, yeah, and I agree with you. I, I think it's plug and play, you know, right. at this point with, with certain guys. Let's do this, Jay, man. It's FSU week, so let me bring in this guest. He's a adamant – I'm not bringing him in holding his hands like that. but <laughs> So let me welcome to the show John Pertle. Obviously, you know, avid, you know, he's an avid Kang Gang fan. Look at him. He's throwing the upside down to you. <laughs> Honestly, listen, it's rivalry week. It's, it's FSU. It's Miami. It's not the same, you know, bona fide, you know, national championship implications type seasons um, over the last, you know, few seasons for us. But hey, at the end of the day, it's still Miami. It's still FSU. Yo, P, what's good, man? We, we, we still playing that game. <laughs> and, and Miami's still going to wax that ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pump and breaks. What, what, you, what you got to experience last year, that was an anomaly. This year, uh, okay. different year. And, and Novell don't have COVID this year. We got okay. our, our, co- so, our so, coaches there. Hey, there's okay. still time, man. There's still time for him, just, for him to dodge us again. <laughs> I, he was dodging. He, he know he was hey, dodging so he didn't get fired in year one. Listen, we're going to do you guys the same solid you did us with Willie Taggart a few years back. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna push Manny out the door for you. Hey, All you right, know what? so I'll send you a thank you card if that happens. I really will. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy not to not to sidebar. Manny's locking the spot down for next year. Like Manny it's, ain't it, going. No, Manny's not going anywhere. Nowhere. You can't. I mean, Jay Man. So so Jay Man's always the the pessimist. I'm the optimistic one all, yeah. all the time. So so Jay. Let me, so so Perla, Let me ask you this. Yeah. So obviously the Miami FSU series, sixty five games, thirty five to thirty. Miami. Miami's won four straight. You know. 
we have these runs. You'll have Miami with a few wins in a row. Then you'll have FSU come back with a few wins in a row. Obviously, the last four, starting in 2017, um, it kind of just started transcending. You know, you had a, a Brad Kaya, a Malik Razier, you had a Dorit King, you know, you had a Jaron Williams, you know, all first-time starters against against FSU who won. Now you got TVD coming in, potentially being another first-year starter against FSU. What is the deal with FSU? Again, last, I don't count last year. Obviously, I think, you know, I think the score isn't as indicative of what the game is and how the play was. A 52 to 10, I think Florida State's better than that. I think Miami just got, got really hot in that game and just kind of, you know, ran with it. What is the future direction of FSU? Obviously, this year, and you and I talk about this. I'm not expecting you thinking you're sitting at three and what are you three and five right now, or yeah. three and five? I don't. I don't think you went into the season thinking eight games in you guys are going to be three and five. What is the direction at Florida State? Uh, I mean, I'm still optimistic on the direction. Um, definitely, there's a few games in there that are questionable that we dropped that we had no business dropping. I mean, most of our games were in our game, so it's not like we're not competitive. But if we play it back, you know, the roster, it, it, it I mean, it, it, it was, it's bad. Like, we have so much lack of talent. And, you know, I mean, from when Jimbo left, I mean, I don't know if we can project and say, you know, Jimbo's seen how bad it was and he just hightailed it out there. But, you know, we're, we're way past that. Then we went through the Willie Taggart era to where, I mean, he might have maybe three or four of his kids in all the total classes are actually viable players today. And I can't think of one of them. I mean, they're all replaceable, really, to be honest with you. And, and, and Norvell's been, you know, he, he's done a good job of rebuilding the – I mean, all of his pickups in the transfer portal last year are all sticking and they're hitting, you know. This year we have, I mean, holding down Travis Hunter like we have been able and looking like McCall is going to stick. I mean, it, we're, we're going to – I mean, our, our roster is going to flip, and that's when, you know, coaching's only as good – like, I mean, Kirby just said it a few weeks ago. I mean, coaching can only do so much. When your Correct. players on the field are substandard, like, you, it, it is what it is. Like, <clears throat> J-Man. I mean, what do you what do you think about that statement? Do you, do you agree with that statement? Your only your coaching is only as good as as what you can coach, or do you think that coaching needs to be able to give the kids the potential to get better? I think it's a mix of both. Um, you know, I, I think I think a good coach can squeeze the most out of his roster, but you know, sometimes the most that you can squeeze out of a roster still isn't very good, right? No. Uh, I mean, Miami's kind of seeing that with its linebacker play. Is is there's really we have I mean, linebackers. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, and, and I'm not a huge fan of the coaching staff, but Hopaki. at the same time, <laughs> you know, a fair question is what can we actually expect out of these guys? Like we've watched them for three years. Are we really expecting the coaching staff to get more out of these guys? Cause I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. And I don't even think the coaches are that good. Well, if, if, if there's one spot that you can't coach, you know, sub, substandard product is yeah. on both sides of the line and both sides of the line for FSU, you know, our defensive line, like we've had some hits, you know, here and there, but our offensive line has been atrocious. I don't care if you're Bill Belichick or, you, you know, yeah. give me another offensive guru to where they're going to work magic. You can't, I mean, you, you get two seconds to drop back and they're already in your ass. And, and yeah. you know, it, it's, you, you can't do nothing with it. And here we are, we run an RPO. So you need that little, that mesh point, that time to where, you know, and if they're already two, two, three yards in the backfield blowing your play up, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's hard, you know, so, it's hard. So, let me ask you this, John, you know, obviously you talk about the RPO. Obviously you have Jordan Travis back there. A lot of people thought McKenzie Milton coming over after his horrific injury, like, Hey, McKenzie's probably going to be getting the starting role at FSU. And, 
you know, as you've seen the season progress, like McKenzie Milton, number one, looks nothing like he did when he was at Central Florida. Take, I mean, take, take his pad from him. Like, literally Damn. looks not. I Damn. mean, it, it looks like J Man over there throwing the ball. Like, it's, it's that bad, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so but now, you know, I mean, again, Jordan Travis, I, I think he gives you a little bit more dynamic. You know, he's really a, a, a true dual threat, you know, type quarterback. But how much how much pounding can he one person take? Because you see him as he plays. He looks like he's I'm gonna say he's a taller Dorit King. Arm strength really isn't there. Accuracy isn't the greatest. But he doesn't have a problem tucking the ball and running. No. But at what point do you, as a coach, you say, you know what? We have nobody else. Obviously, you guys just lost Chubba Purdy to the portal. Like, at what point does coaches say, hey, look? We need you to kind of stand in the pocket. We need you not to take so many hits. Or do you say, you know what? It is what it is. Whatever you do, you do. I think that's where it's what it is. What it is. Run, take off. It, it, you know, I mean, it, it, I said it. To, I don't know who I said it to before when uh, we had the flu bug go around last week, and I was like, you know, when I said Jordan Hel- Jordan Travis was going to start, I was like, I said, as, as shitty as this may sound. I'm almost you come into the Miami game rested, healed up and and no dings. You know, you go in there hurting a little bit. You're or what are you watching? The pit game back there? No, no, I got a dolphin game on. Oh, you got a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep turning. Pit catching it right now. Listen, I, I already told you, I already said earlier, like, Jay, man, I'm like, Miami's not making the ACC yeah. title game. So let's just keep it. <laughs> I, was, I was messing with Bird earlier, but he had a little tweet on there, and I told him, I said, that's called Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, <laughs> man. Hey, hey that Cheese It Bull is looking mighty nice. Listen, we, we were there last year, bro. I, so and I and I say this in a laughing manner. Yeah. I would probably go to any bowl game as long as it's not El Paso, Texas, yeah. at the Sun Bowl, or back in Shreveport. Like those are send, two words, bro. Yeah, send me to Shreve, send me to, to Detroit and the Motor City Bowl or whatever it is. Send me yeah. to Maryland for the Annapolis Bowl. Like the, what about the Idaho Potato Bowl? Did you come out to Boise for that, bro? I would go out to Boise for that. Boys, would be I, a good little trip. I, I would, you know what I mean, yeah. like, because there's things to do. Like, I would probably go to Wyoming. I would probably yeah. make a, you know, a whole little, yeah, you know, probably little be like week four out there. Hours to uh, to Yellowstone. Yeah, I mean, you got Jackson Hole out there. You got Yellowstone. So, you know, but but going back to what we're really thinking about this Saturday. So, John, on on an all serious series, and again, taking your heart out of the equation, right? And I'll do the same thing. You expect FSU to beat Miami based on what you've seen both teams so far? I, it's going to be – I mean, I'm, I, you know me. I'm a, I'm a big betting man. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll have very low expectations on the game, but I can see it going either which way. I mean, there's some matchups on both sides of the ball. I mean, you know, on offense, nine goes down and your offense changes. You know what I mean? like, 100%. I if TBD goes down, we're <laughs> – Forget down. about TBD. You know, just just losing night and that ability yeah. to have that scat and that extra explosion, yeah. like Cody Brown's not going to be able to bring that dynamic. Yeah, you know, man. and that's what's going to – and I'm, I'm telling you now, if there's going to be something that's a void on us, our middle linebacker, you know, and our linebackers are not going to be able to cover him in space. So once they – you know, and I'm – you know – you guys, I mean, the offensive coordinator you guys have seems pretty bright. And if he exposes that, I mean, that's what, you know, yeah. that's what's going to blow the top off it. I don't see us. We're not getting blown out. I can promise you that. I, I find it <laughs> definitely not getting blown out like last year. That's not happening, right? And and when the spread broke, I had told my buddy, another buddy, I had told him, I said, it's going to be damn near a pick em. And it, it broke at one. It's up to two and a half right now. But yeah. it's uh, 
It should be interesting, you know, because I mean, even uh, even your your linebacking core, we run the ball well, you know. So you know, if we get into a, into a groove, I mean, seven a clip, we'll slow the game down. We'll take well, it right out of TVD's hands. Yeah, we won't we won't stop your run game at all. I don't think. Um, and I I actually agree with that assessment, John. Like as a Canes fan, I feel pretty confident. You know, I, I feel pretty confident that that we should win this game. Um, but at the same time, like. You know, there's there's been times with Tyler Van Dyke that he gets thrown the ball deep to Charleston Rambo. You know, you mentioned um, Rooster, Jalen Knighton coming out of the backfield. Uh, like when we're when we're really humming with those three, yeah, it's pretty hard to stop. But as we saw last week uh, against Georgia Tech, like they totally stalled out. The defense couldn't stop anybody. Nobody else could contribute on offense. No, yeah, so, and then you guys are holding on. You guys are holding yep. on for dear life. Yep, so if there's any miscommunication between Rambo and TVD, if Rambo starts dropping balls, if, you know, if TVD is not making the right reads, if not, I mean, we ran Knighton 32 times last week. He's a scat back, and he got yeah. 32 carries. 100%. Like, who knows how good he'll feel going into the game on Saturday. So I think there is some serious – I mean, I don't even know if you call it an upset at this point. Miami will probably be favored. I imagine they are. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some serious upset potential if you're Miami. You know, Well, I, you have to think about that, though, right? You yeah. have to think about that, Jay, man, because, again, it, it's rivalry. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter. These kids that are playing against each other, maybe it's not the same, like I said earlier. It's not the same type of caliber of, of, of play, but it's still Miami. It's still FSU. A yeah. lot of these kids played it since Pop Warner. You know, yeah. they're, they're growing up. Now, you talk about Rambo, and I got about 30 seconds before we go to break, and then we'll come back. But, you know, I think I'm assuming Akeem Dent will probably be covering Rambo, John. Is, is that a fair assessment? It, it's it's looking like our freshmen are, are, are CB1. I mean, the kid knows. I mean, he's coming out of nowhere. But, you know, Dent's, Dent is not they, – they missed on him. He's yeah. not uh, – <laughs> I missed on him because I had high expectations on him. Yeah. He's nowhere what I thought he was. Well, let's do this real quick. Let's go to break. Uh, we'll be right back at a break on the K-Gang Radio Show. We'll chop it up with John Pertle and the J-Man. Uh, still talk about some FSU. Give us about, yeah, I don't know, whatever the segment is for the uh, uh, commercials, and we'll be right back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad though. idea to do that. I didn't bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. 
stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. You, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't. of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We're back here, and John's always asking where Bird is. Bird's in Chicago. He's in Raleigh. I don't know where he's at, man. He uh, he went somewhere, but he's he flew he, the coop. He flew the coop. He flew the coop the day, 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 day before, huh? Uh, he's uh, you know, I don't even know what he does for work. He does something to do with like Walmart and some other stuff. So he's always yeah. traveling, you know, doing stuff and setting up, you know, setting up uh, stores and. But whatever, man. Yeah. Um. You know, you talk about, John, you talk about how your freshmen are CB1s. And this is where I've said this, J-Man on the Kangang numerous, numerous times. 
I don't care if you're a freshman. I don't care if you're a senior. Your best players have got to be on the field, got right? It. And yeah. if you look at Miami, you look at Cam Kitchens, Avante Williams, yeah. James Williams. Like, you see three freshmen back there in the backfield, which for the life of me, I love because you can mm-hmm. only get more upside the more that these guys play. Yeah. You know, the DJ Ivies and, you know, people from that, you know, back 18 class, whatever, it's at some point you got to move on for that. And I think sure. Manny has seen that. And, and John, to use, you made a key point earlier about our offense coordinator, Rhett Lashley. It just seems like the dynamic, and, and J-Man, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but the dynamic between Rhett Lashley and TVD, it just seems like he can open up the playbook a lot yeah. more than he could with Derek King. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, it, on the show, when, when I was a fixture here, we loved Derek King. You know, everyone loves Derek King, right? Stand-up young man, uh, incredible athlete. There was something wrong with his leg going into the season. You know, he even talked about that a little bit. And then he hurt his shoulder, I believe, in the first game. And you could tell, man. Like, like well, he was getting like, pounded. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, it's not all his fault, right? Our offensive line has been terrible for two years. Um, two? You can, yeah, right. I mean, something was wrong with him, though. Like, that was like, looked like Hornybrook there for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he couldn't throw the ball downfield. He wasn't accurate at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would think that running an RPO with a guy like Derek King would be dynamite, but he'd never even tuck it and run, you know, like he, he would never, even when it was the right read, he wasn't pulling the ball back to himself. So I agree, Co. like with TVD, we're throwing the ball downfield. I mean, Rambo's looking like perhaps a day two NFL guy, maybe even better. And, uh, I mean, he's going to break our Season, single season record for receptions and yards perhaps this year well he should have had the yeah. single single you know single game record last year but he dropped a 40 yeah. yard pass so i mean <laughs> literally dropped a, dropped a couple of them <laughs> like yeah. right here you know look at, i i thought it was i thought it was pope there for a little bit i was watching oh game. he did not just throw out the pope I, I, I was like let me check the number real quick it's looking like pope <laughs> a little bit <laughs> you know speaking, speaking of your defensive line I, you know we talk about the transfer portal a lot because obviously rambo's a portal guy really have done wonders for us. Um, and, and we've had that, you know, the, the Jose yeah. Borgales, the KJ Osborne, um, Jalen Phillips, you know, like Lou Henley, like, but you guys got a stud in Jermaine Johnson. Oh, yeah. um, I, so my thing is what side of the ball, is he going to go left or right? Or is he going to try to find the matchup that he likes better? And how do you think he impacts the game uh, tomorrow? Well, then the other one, you I mean, it, Jermaine Johnson gets it. Keir Thomas, too, the kid we got from South Carolina. That's another one, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where the one of those matchups that, you know, I was alluding to earlier, like our, de- our defensive line, like we can get some push on the ball, you know. And I, I wish they would run a few more stunts, you know, especially for what an unexperienced offensive line that you you guys have. You know, I mean, it's, you, you got some younger guys up there. I think that's where we can really and, – and who knows how TBD is going to respond to that, you know. I mean, he hasn't really been put on his butt too much, so – yeah, and he's smart though, Jay. Man, if you if you watch TVD, he's that type. He's he's deceitfully quick as far mm-hmm. as he knows how to move in the pocket, yeah. and he knows when to tuck it and run. Like I go yeah, back yeah. to that Carolina game on that fourth and ten, yeah. and they're going for it. I'm like, okay, and literally scrampers for like 12, 13 yards, but he can run the ball, and I think that dynamic could help Miami moving the ball down the. Because yeah. again, if Florida State's defensive line gets too aggressive. Maybe he, yeah. maybe you hit him with a screen. Maybe you hit him with a draw. You know, well, maybe the quarterback steps up, and that's where I think it could affect. Yeah, and that's what hurts Miami, right? If you go back to a, the last couple of years, 
the Jalen Phillips, the Gregory Rousseau's, the Jonathan Garvin's, the Joe Jacks. That defense is predicated on those edge rushers getting so far up the field so quick, it leaves your interior linemen and your linebackers out to dry. Yeah, that's and that's for Rooster. I mean, unless that, that's the, Rooster going into this game, and I, you know, I, obviously, I feel some type of way about him. I mean, he was leaning Florida State and when you guys and you know, kids. Thank die. God. Thank God. Kids die. <laughs> the kid's the real deal, and the, the explosiveness that he has to be able to expose, you know, that middle of the field, and 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 he runs hard too. You know, uh, he's gonna, he's not afraid to take a hit. You know, you were going to get the push, but, you know, are you going to be able to have that, you know, that five to seven yard, you know, that coverage right there? Because you're just going to dump it over the top. Yeah. Yeah. J-Man, expectations as far as the game itself. What do you think about our defense going against Florida State's offense? So, and I look at their offense, besides Jordan Travis, um, you have Ward, you have Corbin. Like, their running game is pretty solid. Yeah. Well, we're very soft in the middle of the field. Uh, 100%. Defensive, defensive tackles have been average so, at best. On, on good days, they're looking like an average unit in the ACC. Uh, linebacking core is much worse than that. Um, I mean, we gave up, what, 70-yard touchdown run, first Georgia Tech drive? or Yeah. Shortly or, after. Yeah. Yeah, I think their second drive. So, I mean, you guys are going to have opportunities. If you're running the ball, if you're blocking well, uh, it's going to be hard for us to stop. And and you brought up a good point earlier, John, is is you could really take the ball out of Tyler Van Dyke's hands with some clock management, and that might be a, you know, a very effective strategy for you guys. I mean, here's the deal, right? It's simple. I mean, we, we, we obviously all know football here, but yeah. get four every down and yep. – you move the ball. You Keep move sure. the ball. You move the ball. hard for us to you're, stop that. Your, de- your defense stays off the field. They're fresh because that's what happens a lot of times in Florida State. We're running so many three and outs. You know, that's how that, – we got blown out last year because of it. You, you, yeah. the def- I don't care if your five stars run across the field. If you're on the field, you know, for the whole game, you're going to be burnt out. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it'll be uh, – you know, I, I – you know, the bias in me, I try to put it aside, you know, but it's going to be a good game. I mean, yeah. I know uh, – you guys got to, you know, if I'm leaning, uh, you know, I would never you say you're you never, gonna, you're, you're never going to hear it. I'll never admit it, but you know, I, I, I feel pretty good where we're at, where we're sitting at going into yeah. this game. Well, so, you know, I, I think our success entirely depends on Tyler Van Dyke. I, our defense is not going to stop anyone. Right. Um, and Van Dyke is young, right. He's, he's just writing the first chapter of his career right now. So yeah, he's had a, a red hot start. I mean, he struggled his first two starts. He's had three barn burners since then. Um, but, I mean, can you really expect a rookie quarterback to just be on point in every single game in his first year? So, like, if there's any margin of error with Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke, it could go away that, that Miami fans aren't expecting, right? Well, I, I think what we have to be careful of is this. So, like you said, it can go either way, right? Yeah. I think TVD has the mental fortitude to not let it go sour or not let it go south. I think he understands the playbook. I think he understands what his reads are. Completely different than what we've had in the past couple of years with a quarterback. And not saying, again, he's a Connecticut kid, right? So, like, his parents, and I've talked to his parents, he, he's, a, he's a scholar. He doesn't, you know, he gets into the playbook. You know, not saying King doesn't get into the playbook, but I just think Tyler can understand and read defenses, you know, and, and I think that's important for the University of Miami because, again, that second half of the Carolina game, and, and what really sold me on TVD is if you watched that, that, that last clip 
of that Carolina game when he was after he threw that pick. He literally looked at it, he was crying. And he's like, you know what? Almost like that Tebow moment where, you know, he Tebow went in mm-hmm. and said, I'm not going to let anybody play harder. And I'm not going to, like, you know, that's the thing I saw with TVD on the sideline. Like, he's like, you know mm-hmm. what? I got this team and I'm going to put him on my back and I'm going to carry him. Yep. That, that's just, I see that. Yeah. You know, you know what, it, what's glaring right now? Because this conversation is completely different. There's one play that just keeps it, it, it. Cameron Kitchens in the open field versus NC State when he made that tackle to end the game. Like, if he doesn't make that tackle, you know, if Manny doesn't put him on the field, you know, and, and like Gervin Hall on the field, you got we're not having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't I don't think you know even like the true you know adamant fans when they were watching that game like understood the, the gravity of that situation like I was in Chicago visiting my in-laws and I'm watching the game on the ESPN app in like the middle of but you know in the middle of the middle of wherever and uh, sorry about that and uh, I'm watching it and, like it just it, it I, it's I still think about that because you you don't do that like who knows this we might be favored going into the game you know well, and okay. might not be there so, again, going to last week, Georgia Tech, if the ball snapped perfectly to Jeff Sims, oh, yeah. DJ Ida gets beat for 40 yards. I mean, yeah. Or, or, if he, or if he gets his knee up off the field, then pick, you know, but that's that's that QB play. That's that smart play. You know, well, it, it, yeah. sometimes, a, you know, I mean, that's that's the way to cookie crumble sometimes. Well, you, know? you know, what's the worst feeling to me is, is like watching those plays and, and, you know, I bleed orange and green like any other Miami fan. So, like, those are such exciting plays that should bring us a lot of joy. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, we're going to have to do another year of this, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're going to have to – we're really going to have that's, to – and, and, and if there's any comfort and solace knowing, you know, seeing you guys back, you know, in somewhat yeah. relevancy and, you know, you guys are a little winning streak, like yeah. we're locking in Manny Diaz for another year because Manny Diaz, I mean, he can get you eight wins. He's going to get you eight wins, but are you going to be able to elevate to the next level? I just oh. don't. I don't think you're He's going to get us eight wins when we're returning 19 starters. That's the thing that bothers me. So, yeah. Jamie, yes. let, me, let me stop you there, right? So, he, so yeah. next year, I think we're losing 16 starters going into next season. And, and that was before some of these young guys have literally surpassed some of the older guys. Yeah. So, I look at Manny Diaz. Next year is year four for Manny. He yeah. literally is getting his full cycle of recruiting class. And, and that's why I feel like Taggart didn't get a fair share mm-hmm. or a fair shake up there at Tallahassee. This would have been a year four. For Willie as well, who knows what he could have done, you know, with all his recruiting classes, right? But it's different. I think Manny's biggest problem is is his ego, and yeah. I think Manny's biggest another one of Manny's biggest problems is you got to let your friends like pounce in. Like you can't keep Jonathan Packy as your special teams coach and your inside linebacker coach. Like yeah. you know, you look at Florida. Florida just yeah. got rid of Ty Grantham. Said you know what. Dan Mullen said, look, our, our defense – and I think Norvell should do the same thing to your D.C. Oh, like, 100%. A, as soon as you he, lost to Jacksonville State, bro, you're fired. We, I, he would have, yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't even have been in a team meeting the following Monday. Like, he'd have been done. Yeah. Well, here, here's my issue with Manny, and, you know, I, I think we all know that, you know, if, if we win out that he's going to get another year. But my issue is his first season, 2019, Greg Rousseau doesn't start till week seven. Right, and we're all saying the whole time, Manny, how can you not see this? How can you not see this? He's a first-round talent. Okay, still takes him a month and a half to figure it out. Okay, twenty nineteen or twenty twenty last season, the wide receivers were like, "Hey, you got Xavier Strepo, you got Keyshawn Smith, you got all these guys that are ready right now." And you're Michael Redding. Yep, you're still playing the Mark Popes. You're still playing the D Wiggins. Didn't really figure it out till the end of the year, right? Here we're in week or year three 
And, you know, we got James Williams playing finally. We got Cam Kinchins playing. We got Avante playing. And people are thinking that it clicked for Manny all of a sudden. It's like, no, dude, this is Groundhog Day. How, how yeah. is it going to be better next year? This is year three of the exact same stuff. It's a fireable offense. How's, but I how's think, it going to get better? But I think this is where Manny over the last couple of weeks has literally maybe, I said ego. He's yeah. probably listened to some people because, again, he put Pope and Wiggins – back two, three, four deep per se, right? They're yeah. already in the portal. Bradley yeah. Jennings, Gervin Hall, they're in the portal. So I think Manny's finally seen the writing on the wall because James Williams and Avante Williams and Cam Kitchens, they're just too good to be sitting on the bench behind a yeah. Bubba Bolden and a Gervin Hall. You know, and yeah. again, and, and I'll give Manny some credit. One of the best moves that I've seen this year, and I think this is going to help us on Saturday, is moving Keontre Smith over to the weak side linebacker because yeah. I think Keontre number four really, really brings a dynamic that we have. It's almost like he's not as big as a Denzel Perryman type kid, but mm-hmm. he plays with the same type of attitude and he yeah. plays with the same type of aggressiveness, which I like. So I think that's going to help us. But Manny finally, I think saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what? I got to play these young guys. Yeah. You see, like, so John, you, you brought up a key, a key name like Cam kitchens as a true freshman, you know, again, just a few months removed from high school makes an open field tackle and pretty much saves your season and saves your game against NC state. You look at the interception that Avante Williams had against Georgia tech. Like you talking about an athletic play. He just went over and just mossed the dude and said, uh, thank you. And just, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think where the, you know, the old school mindset of like before the transfer portal, you, you had leverage on the players to where, no, you're waiting. I don't care now, you know, can you imagine if you would have lost James Williams and Avante Williams and those other ones because you kept playing Gerving Hall and, and Bubba Bolden and you know and all those other ones? Like I, at the end of the day, best man. Got to. Well, just like Leonard Taylor, you finally so so J Man, another name that finally is getting a lot more playing yeah. time is Leonard Taylor, right? Yeah. Again, I look at Leonard Taylor being 6'3, 310 pounds as yeah. probably our best defensive tackle, better yeah. than Nesta, better yeah. than Jonathan Ford, better than Jordan Miller. You know, yeah. Harrison Hunt really hasn't done much this year. He's yeah. played, but you can just see the type of talent that a Leonard Taylor, again, he was a number three recruit in the country yeah. last year for a reason, right? And you saw why James Williams was a top 10 recruit, you know, yeah. last year. You know, th- these guys are going to get better the more yeah. they play. And I think as as they get – they're still their first year in college. They still got a whole offseason, another year of weight room, of conditioning. They're going to get bigger. You know, again, John didn't know that James Williams was 6'5", 225. Like, yeah, the yeah, dude's I, big, man. Right? I, I, I was, you know, I mean, seen him play many a times, but I was thinking in my head maybe 6'2", six, 6'3", six, but I – and then finally did some research. That's a that's a ball. That's a, that's ball, a big right? boy. That's All a right, big so, boy. So yeah. we got about another minute before we, we go well, to break. So I, I just had one quick question. And, and so, Derek, but do you really believe that this time is different? Because Manny wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing that until his athletic director came out and put him on blast and essentially hung him out to dry saying, you win these games or you're gone. You know, and, and like you're in you're in the, I mean, whatever you want to call it, blog boys, fan source media. Like we both do this type of thing, right? Yeah. All of us have been putting the coaching staff on such blast that like, Twitter's a nightmare for coaching staff right now. And 
And I honestly believe that that had a lot to do with these changes. So, so do you believe that this time it's for real or do you feel like Manny was extorted into making the right move? Cause that's, to me, that's the question that should determine his job. All right. Is, so I, I'm going to answer this in a, in a twofold, a uh, twofold response to you as soon as we come back from break. <laughs> so we listen to Kang Gang radio show. We got one more segment, chopping it up with the boys. We'll be right back. Give us a minute. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you oh, give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. 
don't is the word do. In the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell him? You tell him, you know. You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, on behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Okay, so I, I've had a commercial break to, to ponder your question, and, and here's my answer. Not only did the athletic director come out and say that, but I do have to thank Kirk Herbstreet because Kirk Herbstreet on college game, they literally put Miami on blast, right? Yes. And, and as much as I think Kirk Herbstreet is a, such a homer when it comes to Ohio State, he really knows what he's talking about. And I think generally he loves the University of Miami. Um, you can just see the way that he talks about the program and he, he wants the program to be better. Right. So I, I think, yes, I think Manny finally had to listen to quote unquote his boss, but he also heard from around the country and from sportscasters and sports writers who really put the school, you know, on notice because Miami is, is, is a prestige university with such tradition and such history Again, like we talk about five national titles, right? But at the end of the day, you should have beat Penn State, right, in 86. You had one bad fumble against a uh, Notre Dame game in 88 that cost you a national title. 1990, you lost to BYU. No disrespect, J-Man. I know it's kind of out in your area. You know, with Ty Detmer or else you run the table in 90. And then you had a George Tink strip. From Lamar Thomas, who you win in a 92. So Miami potentially could have 10 national titles very easily, right? So, yeah. but those are should have, could have, would have. But I think Miami is such a good foundation and, and a good program with so much, and, and not a long history, a recent history. You're only talking 40 years when you think about it from like 83 to now. But Miami has generated so much talent and so many athletes going into the NFL that it's good for Miami and for Florida State to be good. Because it, it helps college football, you yeah. know? Like Florida State this, this year, again, three and five. They literally have to win out to become bowl eligible. You're talking about beating a Miami team who's on a three-game winning streak. Um, you have a, uh, you have a, a Florida who – that's going to be a toss-up. I don't think Florida is as good as – obviously the record doesn't show that. But I can chalk that up. Florida State could probably beat Florida. And who's the, who's the other game you guys like? Oh, Boston College. Boston, who, yeah, BC. With- up in BC. Like, yeah. I don't know how that game's going to turn out, right? Because BC's kind of up and down. They started off really well. But, again, you lose one of these games, and Florida State's out of a bowl, and I think that would be the first time in 35 years or 36 years that they missed a bowl game. Willie, like, Willie, Willie snapped it for us. We, oh, we, Willie we, snapped we, that's right. We, we already, we already okay, talked. Okay, good. So, you know, so, so again, so Novell's just kind of recycling, you know, going through that process. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, I'm expecting going up there, you know, on Saturday – 
great weather. It's supposed to be about 65 with a low of 40. You know, again, you start getting into that, like that, that sun going down at Doak. You know, I'm expecting a really good game. I'm expecting Miami to win by probably 14, but I'm expecting the, them to pull away kind of late, maybe mid-third quarter, um, early fourth quarter, and just put some points on the board and kind of seal the deal. That, that's my take on it. Um, I, I think Manny's doing enough now to where he secures his job for at least – I'm not saying give him a five-year extension. By no means do you do that in college yeah. football, right? But I think he's earned the right to – if, if he wins out, he's earned the right to go through all next season yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, now, well, so let me let me ask you this, though. John, what do you think about Norvell? If you guys lose the next three, let's just say Florida State loses the next three and goes I'm, three I'm, and eight. I'm giving Is it three and eight or three, three and nine? One of those. Three and nine. I'm giving him full 12 next year. Okay. Minimum. I get him to full 12. You get, you get, we, we already went through it with Willie. I mean, you fired him. I mean, maybe, I mean, listen, I, I feel a little bit, you know, after the beat down in Miami, we, I, I was done with him. You know, there was no coming back from that. You know, Norvell at least is, is rebuilding a roster. He's slamming the portal. He's bringing kids in. I mean, look at our class this year. I mean, we're, you know, our on-field is not, you know, what it's, you know, yeah. what we'd like it to be. But, you know, the kids see the direction, you know. Yeah. And, well, and the talent that we have coming in, you know. Yeah. But those are plug-and-play starters. From an outside perspective, I don't I don't follow Florida State much, but I mean it seems like he's generating momentum in recruiting. Mm-hmm. When from my view, there's no reason that Florida State should have momentum. You know, hundred percent, absolutely yeah, not. It's, it's kind of <laughs> like, and I don't mean that as disrespect. listen. I mean, I listen. Call a spade a spade. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, I, it, listen. If I if I'm a stud five star athlete and I have the Georgias and the Alabamas and the why am I going to and, and Ohio States like you know, and especially with NIL right now, you know, like if we're being honest here, I, I'm going to punch my ticket. You know. But, you know, they see it, you know, it's Florida State at the end of the day. If I can be that kid that brought them back, you know, like, run it. Let's go. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot. So there's a lot of turmoil around former players. You know, again, you got murder charges. And now Dalvin just beat up his old lady, like, last last November. Like, (laughs) What, what do they call them? Uh, uh, accusations. Unfounded accusations. Right. Is, that what the, is that what the campus police calls them? <laughs> accusations. Right. Listen, I, I've been fending off, you know, from Jameis Winston stealing crabs from – I mean, it's just, you know, it is, you know, it is what it is, you know. Listen, it, it's, it's telling me we're getting close to being back. You know, speaking yeah. of Jameis Winston, like every time I've seen him in the news and probably the last – 12 to 18 months, it's been something really positive. Yeah. And I think that's great. You know, like he kind of had a rough go as a teenager. I mean, granted, he was one of the most famous athletes in the country as a 19, 20 year old. As a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's not an easy go. I, you know, I, I would stick up for Tate Martell in that same way. Right. It's like, he had this huge burden of fame as a young man. And now it seems like he's, he's actually making a difference in his community and I think that's great. Good for you. Oh no, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's. I, I mean, he's. It just you know, there's some good dudes out there, and he's yeah. he's one of them good dudes. And there's yeah. some you know dudes that are not you know. So it's yeah. uh, sports. Sports is crazy when you think about that, right? Because I think as as fans, we want to put guys up on pedestals, and, and I think that's just common, right? We want to look at oh, look at this guy here, you know, like oh man, this guy's doing this, he's doing that. But at the end of the day, he's still an individual. And they, we don't know the problems they're going through. What kind of what kind of pressure must someone like a Jameis Winston, national championship quarterback, 
Heisman Trophy winner, yep. you know, first round, a uh, first overall pick in the NFL draft. Yep. What kind of pressure is put on some of these guys' shoulders? Sure. We don't know that. You know, yep. the, the type of money that they're given. You know, yep. you think about that. Like, we don't know what they go through on an everyday basis. Yep. And we're like, oh, man, this guy's a bum. You know, he's out there oh, throwing yeah. five picks, you know. Everything <laughs> you do is under a microscope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If it, good Lord, I, I, you know, yeah. if you would have had cameras, you know, phones back when I was 19, like. Yeah. Yeah, I'd still be in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I brought up Tate Martell earlier. He's he was kind of much maligned, you know, for for what happened to him at Miami and Ohio State and all that stuff. But could you imagine being a junior in high school, seventeen years old? He had like fifty thousand followers on Twitter, and his oh, tweets yeah. were literally on ESPN. Yeah, like, he's he's talking as junk as as a seventeen year old junior in high school. And it's making headline headlines on ESPN, like that's that's a that's crazy that Le- amount but of that's pressure. like that that's that LeBron James you know stuff yeah. when he was a kid and you know I think as fans and as 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 sports advocates whether it be ESPN or Yahoo Sports like we put these kids and we again we boost them up yeah. not knowing what they can and can't do yeah. you know there, there's so many different things you this year in college football in, in general you know. We didn't see a Caleb Williams coming over and just literally stealing the spotlight from a Spencer Rattler. Just took all, didn't, took all, didn't, took all of Rattler's money. Just see, took it all. <laughs> just, I, I mean, honestly, you don't see that, right? You look at Anthony Richardson over at Florida, which, again, I think he's better than Emory Jones. But, like, you start to see these things, you know? You look at a TVD. You didn't expect yeah. him to come and replace Doreen King at Miami, yeah. you know? Uh, you know, you look at Jordan Jordan Travis. I thought a lot of people at FSU thought McKenzie Milton was going to be the starting quarterback and running that season. So the college football is definitely different this year. And, and, you know, you look at the Heisman Trophy, you know, finalists and, you know, people that are like, you know, the Chase Bryce's, not Chase Bryce, Bryce Young for Alabama. Like, what is he doing? He throws the ball to a wide open Jamison Williams that's running down the field. Like, and, and that makes you the Heisman, you know, front runner right now. Like, yeah. Bro, I just I don't understand it. I'm yeah. looking at guys yeah, I mean, that yeah. I mean, the, the the award is it's not. I mean, what about that? So so I would do, so let me ask you this. Uh, we have time. We got about seven minutes. If I'm gonna throw two names out there and you tell me who you would give the Heisman to, ready? Yeah. Bryce Young or Will Anderson? I mean, I I, I would have to go Bryce because uh, I mean, if if I had to split it on either side of the ball, I mean. That Will Anderson is a complete dominant force on Alabama's defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about somebody who just is all over the place. And yeah. don't get me wrong, like Bryce Young is playing pretty good. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you got a guy who's just blowing by a second, he's just throwing the ball 50 yards and he just goes yeah. catches it and well, runs he- it for another 30. Even a Hartman or a Pickett over over Bryce Young. Yeah. I mean, well, I, look, I, I love Pickett. Believe it or not, Pickett, like, Pickett's Pickett's real deal. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's like twenty. You know, I mean, you know, the games that they dropped the two games. I mean, it, it, without him, like they're not. I mean, that offense is humming. Yeah, he threw for five hundred yards against Miami and still swinging lost. it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in a shootout. I mean, it's yeah. literally a shootout after shootout. I mean, it, yeah. he's got the tools, but and he's not getting the love because he's not at Alabama or he's not at Ohio State or he's not at a Georgia. And he has two losses, right? So he's got two I, losses. I two losses are definitely hard to hit. But you look at you look at Bryce Young. I think they should have lost that LSU game. LSU yeah. literally has no offense. If LSU had an offense, I think LSU would have blew them. Oh out. yeah, yeah, it would have been, yeah. They were they they were. You can watch Alabama. They were treading water, just trying to hold on, just get through the game and get out of it, and, and move on to the next yeah. week. 
I do like that idea, though. This might be the, the perfect year to, to give the Heisman to a defensive guy. Right, right. Just because, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to. I, yeah. I mean, you look at uh, Kayvon Thibodeau up in Oregon, right? Yeah. Like, no no one really gives the defensive people, like, much love. You look at, like, the Desmond Howards and, you know, people like that who, who've earned it. Like, why does it always have to go to somebody on the offense side of the ball? To me, it's the most valuable player. And I think if you take Will Anderson off of that Alabama defense, their defense is not that good. You can see that they get exposed in the secondary. Their linebackers aren't where they used to be. But someone like Will, like, completely dominates and changes that game, like, every single play. Or you, or I mean, I would be fine with you getting the Kobe Bean up at Georgia. I mean, without him, I mean, that, that's a ball player right there. Or Jordan Davis, even Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just, it's one of those things where I think the, 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 the voters, and I don't know who, how it votes, whether, whether it's yeah. press or, you know, media people, do, do former Heisman voters, I mean, winners, do they get votes? I think, I think they, 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 they I think they get a vote, and the AP gets a vote in on it. Yeah. So I don't know. That was just something I was thinking about. You know what I mean? Because at the or, end of the day, or you know, hopefully they revamp the whole playoff situation. You know, the way they have that they have some of these teams seated right now. Yeah, brutal. So, and, and the reason why I preface J Man, the reason why I preface the Heisman with a Bryce Young or mm-hmm. Will Anderson. Yeah. How does TVD factor into that going into next season? If he continues the ball, you got to remember three straight games yeah. with over three hundred yards. He's 10, 10 touchdowns to one interception. Do you think if he continues on that, that that path the rest of the season, do you think going into next season he's getting some type of hoopla as far as like a Heisman, you know, potential? Well, if he continues the pace that he's on. By winning this year. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, can you name – can anybody name five, maybe seven quarterbacks that are playing better over the last three weeks? So I think, you know, he's going to get all the flowers this offseason. He deserves them. You know, he'll be – He'll be in in round one of some mock drafts. You know he'll be on the uh, the the big board for Heisman odds, and he should be if he continues this play. I mean, I don't know, John. Have you seen that that stat that ESPN was putting out that it's like the most consecutive three hundred yard three touchdown games in ACC? I I seen that on Twitter the other day. Yeah, Jameis, right? Jameis is number one. Jameis, that's pretty crazy. He's only started five games ever, so. I mean, that, that's pretty absurd to think about the pace that he's going. Um, but, you know, it, it remains to be seen whether it can be sustained. Yeah, no, I mean, you right? got you. I mean, it locks up pretty well. I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, it, you know, as a fan, I'd love to see Manny back. But Manny coming back with Lashley and bring the whole band back together, I mean, that's the cohesion and the gel that, you know, that kind of solidifies that, you know, sets a floor at eight, nine wins. And if Manny can elevate above it, you know, maybe we're talking 10, maybe 11, maybe yeah. 12, maybe you potentially run the table. But, well, you know, yeah. I, I, you you got to bring in a DC though. Manny needs. Yeah. He's got to. You got. It, it's too hard of a game. It's too complicated of a game now to try to be DC. Play head coach. Like you, you don't have the bandwidth. He's not. You know. Yeah. I, I hope so. Delegate it. I mean, why would you not? Why would you make yeah. it harder on yourself? I I hope you're right. But you know that that was kind of what we were saying all off season. It's like, hey, we're bringing back our or, uh, you know, we we win eight and three. We had some progress. We're bringing back nineteen starters. We got Charleston Rambo in the portal. We're right. eleven and one. Yeah, and we have eleven and one. Yeah, and and you know we were looking at our conference schedule, just licking our chops, you know, because the yeah. ACC's hardly ever really that good anymore. Now, and, now, you know, now we have high potent offenses, and one of them is not even Clemson. 
<laughs> oh, bro, that's the hard part, right? Yeah. You know, we talk about a drop off. So, real quick, we got about two minutes to go. Speaking of the playoff right now, obviously Georgia and Alabama are going to play each other. You know, mm-hmm. you know, here in the SEC title game. You know, you look at Oregon. Um, obviously, Michigan State fell out. Um, do you like the way that the standings are right now, Jay, or do you think they should be changed? I'm pretty peeved about it, man. Honestly, you want Cincinnati I, in there? I do. I really 100. percent I agree I, with you. I want. Them Why not? There. Because here's the thing: is they're trying to convince us that they're taking the four best teams. That's a lie. Because every year they're going to move the goalposts of what you need to do to get in if you're a group of five team. Okay? They beat Notre Dame on the road. If Alabama did that, we'd already be throwing a parade for them. Okay? So if you're not going to put Cincinnati in. Just change the rules and say that the playoff is for Power 5 teams only. See, I'm a little bit impartial on Cincinnati, though. I mean, the, you, the ball's in their court, and then you go and, and, and squeak a win out versus Tulane last week. You know, like yeah, but, but but Alabama they struggled against LSU. Yeah, but that's that's a different set of ball though. LSU, I, but they're still favored by eighteen points. I get it, I get I, it, but you know, in LSU, you know, versus a two, you know, we're talking about four and five stars versus no stars. And, but you, you know, got you know, but you got beat by an A and M team, which was unranked. Yeah, yeah, but A and M is not an unranked I, team. I mean, they, listen, when they played, they were listen, unranked. I mean, just, you know, the rankings are bonkers though. Just like, saying, yeah. just saying, yeah. you know. I, I guess my issue is, you know, we all know what they're doing to Cincinnati, and that's fine, but let's just be upfront about it. Just tell the group of five teams that there's no shot. No shot. Yeah. Because so, we're 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 leading them along, you know, we're we're dangling the carrot, pretending yeah. like something's gonna happen. I'll tell you, Getting I'll them. tell you, Jay Man. So yeah. again, we got 30 seconds before we, we're off air, but what's gonna happen is Alabama's gonna lose to Georgia, and that's gonna solidify Clemson uh Cincinnati being into the playoffs. That that's what you need. You need because an Alabama two loss team is not getting in the playoffs. Yep. So and then, we, then Luke Fickle to Miami. That's right. So real quick, <laughs> Luke got, Fickle to Miami. Right, look, yes, yes, we got sir. we got ten seconds. J Man, Miami FSU. Who you got? Uh, I'll take Miami by ten points. All right, J Man, uh, uh, Pertle, who you got? I got forty two thirty five FSU. All right, listen, you know I'm rocking that forty nine twenty seven Miami. Listen to the Can Gang. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>